This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, September 16th, 2012. Traps, the me trap. Yeah, Team Jake. I think that's what his dad called it. Team Jake, the, the boy's focus being on himself. I have a feeling most of our, most of us could fill our names in on that team at one time or another. Team Allen, for example. I've, I know of a, that's been my team. Maybe you can fill the name team in. Team Carey, for yeah. example. Maybe you can fill a name in. <clears throat> or maybe we should just call it the me team. <laughs> or maybe for this morning we're going to call it the me trap. The me trap. That's our focus today, the me trap. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, we thank you for today. It's a day that you've made. Thank you that each person is here with us today, with you today. God, speak to us in the way that each one of us needs it the most. I pray that we'll be changed and transformed by your love. In Jesus' name, and all Connection Church said, Amen. And so today we're going to continue to talk about traps, life traps, traps we find ourselves in, traps that entangle us, traps that ensnare us, traps that uh, enslave us. You know, traps come in all shapes and sizes, but they, they seem to have one thing in common. Their common purpose is to catch prey um, unaware. And, uh, and to make it difficult or even at times uh, impossible to escape. And so our challenge is to recognize the traps so that we're not surprised, at, so that we can recognize them as, as they come along. And if we do get caught in a trap, to uh, have a lot of power, not our own power, but God's power to be released from that trap. Mm-hmm. The me trap, you know, we talk about me a lot here at Connection. We, in fact, we, we've got uh, something that we've boiled down to an acronym, uh, the word INAM, I-N-A-M, and that stands for It's Not About Me. Uh, it reminds us that uh, uh, the world doesn't revolve around me, that, uh, that uh, I'm not to be self-centered, that uh, I am to reach out to others. It's not about me. And that's really a kind of trap that we fall in when we think the world does revolve around me. And um, when I forget to put others first, the well-being of others first. But that's not the trap that we're going to focus on today. We're not going to focus on that trap that we fall in of self-centeredness. But today we're going to focus on the trap of self-sufficiency. The me trap of self-sufficiency. That trap where I think that I can do it all myself, that I can take care of myself, that I don't need anybody. That is a trap that we fall in when we become, when we think that we're so self-sufficient. When, when all I need is my own small group to take care of me, and that group consists of me, myself, and I. And we're, to, we're just fine. Thank you very much. You know, it's very challenging, especially in the culture, in the society, in the country that we live in, <clears throat> because this, this, this culture encourages this idea of self-sufficiency, this, this idea that I can do it by myself. Uh, 
We think back, maybe some of you are Frank Sinatra fans. You remember that famous song he had, I Did It My Way. Or maybe some of you are uh, Whopper fans and remember the old uh, Burger King commercial that said, you can have it your way. Yeah. You know, we celebrate having it my way, your way. We celebrate self-sufficient. We, we celebrate the self-made a person. The self-made person. And we um, we uh, have those classic stories of the one who pulled himself up by his bootstraps and made something of himself. You know, we, we uh, celebrate that in this country. That's what made this country great. Amen? Amen. We bombarded, though, with those kind of images. And if we aren't careful, if we aren't careful, we can allow that to entrap us because if we take self-sufficiency to the max, it can be a real problem for us. It becomes I'm, a trap. Sorry. Let me just say a little bit more to say, and then okay. I'll be done. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that each of us can think of people, both famous and infamous, uh, well-known or just known to us, people who at least appear to have done it on their own, people who are quite self-sufficient. Uh, maybe that's been you. At one time or another, I know for sure it has been me at times. So we're talking about the me trap on many levels. Now, now on one level, it's a trap <laughs> when people think that they're self-sufficient because rarely, rarely do we ever operate in a vacuum. Even if we think we've achieved something or we've made it, there have been a lot of other people who might have helped us along the way. And, you know, it's pretty arrogant, actually, to think that we could do anything completely on our own, to be totally self-sufficient. Yeah. And even if someone were capable of being completely self-sufficient, the question then is, why would we want to celebrate that? Why would we think that that's such a good thing? Because if we look in Scripture, what we find that it's that's absolutely contrary to Scripture, contrary to God's um, uh, planned order of things. If we go back, uh, we look, God did not create us to be self-sufficient. Go back to the beginning. Go back there in Genesis, first part of Genesis, and we see God created that first human being, Adam, Right? And it was long thereafter that, we, that uh, Adam needed a partner. Amen? Adam needed a partner. So God created another. Now, he, he took uh, dirt and formed Adam, but he didn't take dirt to form him. He took a part of Adam. He, he took a piece of the original so that this other being wasn't totally independent, but was actually a part of, came from was forever tied to both body and soul. From the very beginning, God created us not to be self-sufficient, but to be absolutely dependent on God and to be dependent on one another. In the Old Testament, that's at the beginning of the Bible, there are two books uh, that have a lot of rules and regulations, Exodus and Leviticus. And we think, Wow, why are there so many rules? I mean, the Big Ten, the Ten Commandments, isn't that enough? We have trouble following them. And then there's just lots and lots and lots more. But the truth is, if we were truly self-sufficient, 
if we didn't need anybody else, if we're truly independent, we wouldn't need any of those rules, would we? See, it would just be the world according to us. And the part of the me trap is thinking that we are capable of being self-sufficient and thinking that it's a good thing to strive for. Mm. And that's our challenge. We, we constantly fall into, we're ensnared by, we are caught in this me trap. And even though we have been created to depend on God and one another, the me trap is something that we must continually be aware of and constantly try to avoid. And here's one very good reason for that. Because Satan would love for us to think that we don't need anybody else, be it on hev- in heaven or on earth. Satan would love to have us think that we are quite capable of taking care of ourselves because because uh, then when it, the time comes where we do realize a need, Satan will be right there to step in, if at all possible. It was a challenge at first, or so we thought it would be, when we uh, came together to... Uh, Launch Connection Church. You see, before we got here, we were pastors uh, downstate, and we both had separate churches, and we functioned in ministry separately. So when God let us know that that wasn't the way uh, our ministry was to go, and uh, God told us (laughs) to team up, we're thinking, wow, how is that going to look? Because Alan and I have some similar giftings, we also have some very different giftings. And, you know, it would be easy to kind of knock into one another. And so when we first started together, we really, really had to lean on God to show us who would do what and how we would handle situations. We both didn't need to be doing everything. And just because I really like this area, particularly Alan might be better at it. So I had to let go and vice versa. And it was, it was an interesting ride. And there are times when we're still working on that kind of thing, depending on what the situation is. Um, But... (laughs) The thing is, is that we have to depend on God totally to show us how we need to walk this out um, as pastors of this congregation and do it God's way, not the way that we would want to do it necessarily. We're reminded of Paul's uh, first letter to the church at Corinth. Uh, It's in the second part of the Bible, the New Testament. We look at chapter 12. Verses 25 through 28, this is the Eugene Peterson version uh, known as the message. And here's what we find. He says, the way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention, the parts we don't. Parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part's involved in the hurt and the healing. If one part flourishes, every part enters into the exuberance. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Say that last sentence with me, will you? Only Only as as you accept your part part of that that body body does your part mean anything. Wow. I love 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I just love this image of, of the body and how all the parts work together and how it says that the way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives. What? 
together as a church. You see, it's important that we do work together, all parts. Some you see, some you don't. You know, you see things up front or you might see, you know, people who are working um, out and around, but there are lots of parts that you don't see, like the people who set up the chairs or folded the programs or, you know, put together baskets so kids could have their uh, time. I mean, I could had the, got the supplies so that we could have coffee, you know, all kinds of things. Those are many, many parts of the body. And they are all, all necessary. I just love this image of the church. And I pray that as we continue to walk together, that we live out this image of being a part of the body together to share the love of Jesus Christ. I'm going to push pause right now. I'm going to have a commercial because we have a course called Network. And it focuses on discovering how God has wired you uh, on your spiritual gifts and passion for serving in the body of Christ. That's October 13th. It's only offered a couple times a year. We hope that you'll take advantage. How many people here have taken network? Yeah, yeah, it's a really awesome, awesome day. So sign up at guest services. We hope that you can take play, take part in that. And I will resume our message. Okay, as the scripture tells us, as Paul told us in that scripture, we are wired, wired. That's interesting. We're wired. That's, that, that's how we're designed. That's how we're created. It's wired that way. Be part of the body of Christ, dependent on each other, and especially dependent on God. None of us is an island. None of us is self-sufficient. You know, Carrie and I could no more run this church alone than I don't know what. Uh, uh, you know, we got staff, uh, Laurie and Barry and Mike and Deb, but and much more than staff. We've got ministry leaders. We've got uh, those persons who are coordinating. Those people who are working, you know, from, as Carrie said, somebody folding a bolt and setting up a chair to welcoming people in the parking lot. You know, I tell the guys in the parking, the guys and gals in the parking lot, they don't realize how crucial that ministry is, but a lot of people, first-timers here, before they ever hear the message or the music, they've decided if they're coming back because of how they were treated between their car and that front door. Isn't that amazing how crucial that ministry is? And I don't, I, I'm not make, picking that out above anything else, just, just a reminder of how all the parts need to work together and no one part is more important and no one part can can function all by itself, but we all function together, interconnected, dependent. You know, we emphasize that here at Connection Church. Um, you know, I think children's ministry, it wasn't even youth, just children's ministry, because youth, we waited till somebody came up and said, I'm feeling called to lead youth, or we wait till people feel called to lead ministry, to do, try new things. And then when they do that, we, 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 we sit down with them and Listen to what, and then we ask them three questions if they haven't covered it already. Three crucial questions about any ministry that's going to be going on here. So here are the three questions. Um, first, uh, how does it fit into the mission of Connection Community Church? The mission is to connect people with Jesus and the, the life, life that, he, that offers. he offers. Great. Next, who's on <laughs> your team? 
Who, who are you gathering to help you? And how can we help? Yeah, you see that second question, who is on your team? Who's going to work on this with you? Because no one person can do it. First of all, if there's nobody else that's interested, is, is this really <laughs> something that's going to happen? For, and the other thing is, you're going to burn out if you try to do it all by yourself. And third, um, you might think that you're the only one that can do it. And that's contrary to what we no, and so we say, who's on? And if you say, well, just me, then our question, how can we help? Maybe we can help you find some other people who might be interested in working on this with you because we want to make sure that you're not falling into that me trap, that trap where you think that um, I, if it is to be, it's up to me. I'm the only one that can do it. I don't need anybody's help, and I can do it better alone than I can do with, with other people around me because all those things are not so. And so let's... Um Let's think about this. God. We're in church. God. God is not... um, God is three persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Call that the Trinity. Try three in one. They are mutually dependent on one another. In addition to that, Jesus... Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, had 12 whom he called to walk with him. And there were others as well. Now, Jesus was quite capable of handling things himself. But that wasn't the point. The point was for him to gather a team to encourage, to work with them, to train others to carry out the mission that God has before us. And that's why we're here today, to carry out that mission. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That is the Great Commission. And so Jesus, even though he's no longer here physically, he trained and he empowers us to carry out the mission. And in doing that, we do that together. And we can avoid the me trap by looking at Jesus as our model. Mm. Now, when we were in seminary, we had the privilege of having um, uh, a professor named uh, Dr. Douglas Meeks uh, teach one of the classes that we had. A, he was the dean of students, and also I had the privilege. He was um, Each of us had a faculty mentor. He was my mentor. But um, in this class, it was a mission and ministry class, one that you took in your first year or two. Um, Dr. Meeks shared a, an interesting definition that I've kind of carried through to today just because I, it, it, I find very meaningful. And I think I've shared it before, but I'll share it again. It talks about home, what home is. And he says this. He says, home is where everyone knows your name. Every time I say that, I hear cheers, that cheers song in the background. (laughs) I should have had it. Anyway, home is where everybody knows your name. They know your story. They know your hopes and your aspirations. Home is where you can count on being confronted and forgiven, loved and hoped for. Home is where there's always a place for you at the table. Home is where what is on the table will be shared with you. That's an awesome definition of home, isn't it? I think. But what's interesting, when we define home in this way, home is less about a building and more about people. It's less about a place and more about relationship. Okay? And, and so you say, so what's that have to do with what we're talking about today on the meat trap? Well, it's what Dr. Meeks went on to say. He said this. He said, you know, uh, let's put that in terms of God, you know, and home. God knows your name. 
God knows your story. God knows your hopes and your aspirations. And God will confront you and God will forgive you. <laughs> uh, come to the table and let Jesus share what's on the table with you. This would be a great thing to remember on Communion Sunday, wouldn't it? But then what he said really, really hit home and is what made me wanted to share this with you again this morning. He went on to say this, if, if this is what home is, what does it mean to be without a home? Homeless means death. Or it means being totally self-sufficient. Wow. I, before he shared this, I never thought of homeless meaning to be totally self-sufficient, but it does if home means being in relationship. Homeless would be without that, would be being self. That, that's the me trap, isn't it? That's the me trap, thinking we're totally self-sufficient, not realizing that we truly do need those around us, but even more than that, realizing that we need above all else God. Satan loves it when we get caught in that meat trap because when we're caught in it, we isolate from others. And even more devastating than that, we isolate from God. In the most extreme, when we're caught in the meat trap and we have these feelings of self-sufficiency, we come to this very misguided, this very wrong notion that we can save ourselves, Hmm. that we can take care of things, that we are our own little saviors. We think our salvation is dependent on what we do, on the things that, on how good we are. Wow. You know, as Alan said, that old saying, if it's up, if it is to be, it's up to me. This me trap allows us to get it totally wrong completely wrong because when we get caught in it we forget how much we need each other we forget how much we need god and above all else we are under this illusion that we don't need a savior because we are our own savior and we can save ourselves. and we're here to tell you that that is not the case that only one can save us and his name is jesus Jesus and Jesus alone is the Savior of the world, came so that we might be able to be free from ourselves, to be free from sin, to give us life and breath and hope. Yesterday, today, tomorrow. Jesus, and only Jesus, can save. So, I think... Most of us at one time or another have been caught in the meat trap. Sometimes it's a temporary situation, you know, when you get kind of fed up, you go, well, I'll just take care of myself, you know, when somebody lets you down or whatever. Temporary is one thing. But some of you might be really caught in that meat trap today. Well, if you are, maybe today is the day to escape the meat trap. But the challenge is (laughs) this self-sufficiency, thinking we can escape it on our own, Well, that's part of the me trap, (laughs) that I can do it by myself. See, the one that can help us escape the me trap is Jesus. So if you're entrapped in the me trap, 
Maybe today, today is the, is the day to look to Jesus to help you out. That's a simple, it's a simple way to get out of that. It's a, it's a simple prayer. Lord, uh, I'm a sinner. It's all about me. And I realize that's not how it's going to be. Uh, I realize I need salvation and I can't save myself. And I understand that you're the Savior. Save me. Save me. Save me. That's a pretty simple prayer. It's a prayer to Jesus. The question is, do you know him? If you do, maybe you've said that prayer before and you're walking with him and you have that relationship and your life's about Christ. Hallelujah. Or maybe you said the prayer, but you're getting back caught up in the me trap. Maybe you want to talk to Jesus a little bit today before you leave. A little help, but maybe you just don't even know who this Jesus guy is. Or maybe you're so caught in the me trap you don't know what to do. I encourage you to say that prayer. Jesus, I'm caught on me. I realize I need you because I can't save myself. Please be a part of my life because I need you to save me. I need you to save me. That's what we all need, isn't it? We all need a Savior, and we can't save ourselves, even though we so often think we can and get caught up in that trap. If you don't know who he is, today's the day to ask for Jesus to save you. You can say it in your seat. You can pray up at the steps. I see Laurie back there. You're just waiting to pray with some people, aren't you, Laurie? She'd love to talk to you about the whole meat trap and about how Jesus can help you escape. Jesus saves, and he wants to save you and me. Amen? Let's pray. Holy God, thank you. Thank you for... um, uh, for our dependence on you. Because, uh, boy, you know how we mess it up when we depend on ourselves. Please help us to be ever cognizant of this me trap, this trap we fall into. The trap of thinking I can do it myself. The trap of thinking I don't need anybody else. The trap of thinking I don't even need you sometimes, Lord. I pray that each one here would realize your saving grace, Jesus. That you died for each of us so that we could be free. I pray that those who don't know you will get to know you before they leave here this morning, opening their hearts, saying, I need a Savior, and Jesus, you're it. We pray this in your name and in the power of your Holy Spirit. All Connection Church said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website, at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.